round. Welcome. Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the Dave Kirshner Lightning Round podcast. It is week 20 in the 46th Quadrennial Hunger Games, and I am your host, Dave Kirshner. Let's get to it. start for the Biden jackassery minute. This guy, I'm telling you, I don't think he knows what day of the week it is. So he puts a guy up for nomination to head the ATF. Apparently this guy, David Chipman, has been in the ATF for 25 years, but yet He cannot define what an assault rifle is. I can define it. It's anything the left doesn't like. Anything that they have absolutely no idea how it functions, other than it's big and scary, is an assault rifle. But he can't answer simple, basic questions. The only thing he would say is that when asked if a law-abiding gun owner was a threat to public safety, he, he I, he's a practiced politician, I'll give him that. His, his response was, quote, if the term law-abiding means someone has lawfully possessed a gun, there are often occasions that that person then goes on to commit a violent crime. If you're just saying characterize the majority of gun owners... then the majority of gun owners are law-abiding, end quote. So, basically, he's he's appeasing the gun-grabbing left and the Biden administration while also saying, eh, we might be coming after your firearms there, kids. And, but he did go on to say, hey, the ATF is responsible for enforcing the laws on the books. So, right now, there's no ban on an AR-15. But, I, they have not said, or I haven't read anywhere, what the, the shooter over in San Jose was using that killed nine people, um, including himself. But, reports have come out that that dude was deranged. He, uh, he, had, he had some problems. But, it was an old white guy. So, you know, that's just going to fire up the left in their base. So, they're going to... Start trying to get everything they can. I'm telling you, the first two years of the Biden administration, the left is going to pull out all the stops. We're six months into it, and they have shown no signs of slowing down on the amount of crap that they're going to try and shoehorn through to get into law. I mean, they're already doing it. The House House has a very slim majority for the Democrats, so they're passing pretty much everything that they want on on partisan lines, uh, except for, you know, a couple of rhinos that 
switch sides with Murkowski, I think it was. Uh, unbelievable. How does she still have a job? Maybe No, I think it was Susan Collins. I don't, I don't know how the people of Maine keep putting her in there because she's, she's a flip-flopping hack in my opinion. But anyway, um, so for the next year and a half until the, the midterms come and go, the left is going to start throwing everything and anything at the wall to see what sticks, see what they can get past. Who they who they can hoodwink and and get it through the Senate and onto Biden's desk. Luckily, we still have some Democrats on the left. Uh, Joe Manchin over in West Virginia, he at least seems to maybe have a, a head on his shoulders, um, and he does not always toe the party line. Um, you know, anything to keep it from going to Comrade Kamala as the president of the Senate, to get her to flip from 50-50 to 51-50 with her vote uh, is a a good day. So it's a freaking mess. And and then you got Joe Biden, and his administration is blocking GOP Congress members from accessing the the El Paso um, uh, border facility. Apparently, he doesn't want them to see what's going on in there. They actually, they tried to come in, and uh, the staff on site kept them out. Said, no, 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 you can't come in here. The big man in the office of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue said, you can't come in here. Meanwhile, Comrade Kamala has yet to have a single press conference or do anything productive when it comes to the border and the role that she was tapped by uh, by Biden, so you know it is just a friggin' mess. And then to top it all off, the the Intel Committee is torn between two likely scenarios of the COVID nineteen outbreak. Now they've been censoring anybody that went against their agenda, that went against their. Uh, Oh, what's the word? Narrative. That's it. That's the word. Anybody that didn't toe the party line and spout the crap coming out of the CDC and the NIH and Fauci's mouth was banned or blocked on social media, had various fact checkers putting crap on their posts, or they automatically posted a link to... COVID-19 facts and FAQs, and lo and behold, the researchers who worked in the Wuhan lab were hospitalized with COVID symptoms two months or a month before they uh, acknowledged the breach. But they're not saying it's a breach, just that it got out or somebody had become infected it is, it, it's, a, it's a murky water situation for China. They don't want to own up to it. But they did it. They screwed up. Maybe it was an accident. It very well could be, you know, Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is usually the correct one. It was Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was not done deliberate. However, the effects of that accident were felt worldwide to the tune of trillions and trillions of dollars 
and lost GDP, uh, lost wages for the workers, lost industries, people had to close up their, their businesses because of a mistake, because of an accident, perhaps, allegedly. But they're not going to own up to it. And what does Biden do? He goes out and he shuts down the investigation that was trying to dig into the facts of the matter to figure out how it happened. Because Biden is in bed with China. He has to be. He's got to be in bed with Prime Minister Jing Pao Chong Pong, whatever his name is. And Putin, I mean, you, can't, you cannot explain the decisions that this man is making, or at least, oh, who's the little, who's behind the curtain? What, what did I read the other day? It was, um, uh, it wasn't Susan Rice, it was that little chick with the glasses that Roseanne Barr made fun of and got booted from her show. What was her name? Oh, I got it, Valerie Jarrett. I read an article the other day that said, the man behind the curtain, in this case the woman, I hate to assume her gender in today's world of PC horseshit, but Valerie Jarrett, they say, is the person behind the scenes pulling the levers and pushing the buttons. And who do you think's whispering in her ear? You know it's Barry. Big ears Barry, whatever you want to call him. I, I, at this point, I would say... Six months into the Biden administration, Biden and Obama are neck and neck with Jimmy Carter for being one of the worst presidents ever. Clinton's a distant fourth. Those three just, they, they suck out loud. And the left, oh, we must worship at the altar of Barack. We must worship at the altar of Barack. He can do no wrong. He did plenty wrong. And Biden's picking up where he left off after a four-year blip with Trump. So, I don't want to hear it. It's a bunch of crap. You know it's a bunch of crap. And there's nothing else you can do about it. But, thankfully, that's not entirely true. Because, in theory, we have free and fair elections. 2020, notwithstanding, because we know that one was not fair. You know it was. And oh, mama, the judges are coming out and handing out rulings, and stuff's getting audited, people. The audit in Arizona found that the election commission had deleted a whole drive. I mean, I understood the techno babble that was in the article, but suffice it to say, they handed over data, and when they went to map the data, they saw that an entire directory was missing. Oops. <laughs> so the little code ninjas, or whatever they're called, uh, the company doing the forensic uh, analysis, found it and was able to retrieve it so that it's no longer deleted. But they are not turning over the routers that are supposed to be closed off to the Internet during the election, the actual election day,
the routers are never supposed to be collected or connected to the internet because then that gives you a, the mysterious back door that you always hear about in the movies. They're like, oh, I wonder if they put in a back door. Oh, look, I found a back door. I wonder if they just used the standard system administration password of, oh, wait for it, all lowercase P-A-S-S-W-O-R-D. Password! Oh my god, it worked! I found a back door. I did, I did. But they don't want to turn over the routers because, and I'm. this is my opinion, perhaps you could encapsulate it in theory, a la conspiracy theory, but I think they don't want to turn over the routers because... There was a dude running around out there in Arizona that people were not happy about. I don't have his name in front of me, but they weren't happy about that dude. And they're pretty sure that Arizona got hacked. And Arizona's results are not true and accurate. And we're finding that out. They're learning more and more information. The difference in the election was 7 million votes. Okay? It was 7 million votes. And it was mostly uh, in states where Trump was ahead by double-digit percentages and then lost. Okay, those are the states that they're looking at. Uh, Georgia, (laughs) the judge in Georgia just said, yeah, go ahead and do your audit. (laughs) I really hope, I really hope and pray that they find evidence of malfeasance. I really do. Because if you take 7 million votes and divide that up by the number of states that were, oh, shall we say, uh, questionable, uh, you need about a little less than 2 million votes to swing a state. I don't know what the, the how close it was in Arizona or Georgia in particular, but they're looking at Wisconsin, and I believe they're looking at Michigan, and uh, I don't think they've made any headway in Pennsylvania yet. But stay tuned, because here's the thing: I don't, and, and this is the thing that really that really gets me, that really chaps my hide. Why are they waiting six months from the inauguration of this? dementia, Alzheimer's riddled loon to, to do these, to do these audits, to do these checks. I mean, does it literally take that long for a case to make it through the court system to get a verdict or a decision from a judge? I mean, the election was in early November. So do the math with me. If you count the whole rest of November, you got November, December, January, February, March, April, May. That's seven months that it took for judges to make decisions on cases that were being brought regarding election fraud and tampering and malfeasance. And just basically those are all legal terms for cheating. The Democrats cheated. You know they cheated. It's total crap. I did see on, uh, on, uh, it was an article? No, maybe, no, I was watching Sean Hannity last night, and, um, he was, 
interviewing uh, Republican governors from states that, you know, actually adhered to the Constitution and, and didn't shut everything down like a lot of the Democratic states did. And uh, they were saying that if you try and get a one-way U-Haul from California to, say, Texas or Tennessee or Florida, um, states where people are migrating to in droves and giving them additional congressional seats in the House and California and Washington and Oregon and New York, they're losing seats in the House because so many of their residents have left. But if you want to rent a U-Haul from one of those blue states and you want to go to a red state, they're charging like 2500 bucks. But... But if you're going from one of the red states back into a blue state, they practically give it to you for free. <laughs> That's how bad it is, folks, for these people that are in business in California and Oregon and Washington and New York and uh, Maryland, Pennsylvania. People are getting the hell out of those states. They're like, no, you, you do not represent me. But here's my fear, that the people that are leaving those states take their idiotic voting habits to red states. That's my fear. If these people don't see what they fled and remember why they fled those states and went to a freer state that didn't stomp on their constitutional rights, but they continue to vote in a manner in which they have, oh, I vote Democrat because I'm for education. Uh, education? Education? Are you... Kidding me? They're the ones that kept your kids out of school for an entire year. This is going to be the dumbest generation ever in the United States because of an agenda. Because liberals wanted Donald Trump out of office. Orange man bad. Oh, look, a virus. Shut it all down. Shut down the states, shut down the counties, shut down the country, shut down Europe, shut down everything. They literally shut down a planet to get rid of somebody that they didn't like because he went against their agenda of globalism, of open borders. And to top it all off, he sent mean tweets. <laughs> what a bunch of... Oh, you guys. Oh, man, I'm fired up today, boy. It's just, it's just beyond comprehension. The level and length to which the left went to get that man out of office. To the point where they knew they actually could not get him out of office. With all of the shit they pulled. A global pandemic willfully and wantingfully going after and destroying cities, going after the police force, trying to defund them. They took all of that crap, threw it in a blender, and it still was not enough for them to take down Trump. The only thing they had left was dominion. And Mark Zuckerberg's money and big money still on the left to do what they did during the elections, and that was stuff the ballot box. That's what they had to come up with. They didn't matter what they did, Trump was not going to go down. So what they had to do 
is say, okay, think outside the box. We've got a global pandemic. Everybody's at home. The one thing that they were able to do that accomplished their goal was to get these Democratic states and these blue wall, iron curtain states in the Midwest and Arizona and Texas, not Texas, Arizona and Georgia, where they had a lot of blue backers, they were able to shoehorn in vote by mail and ballot harvesting. And you know what? They did it, and they did it so quickly that they couldn't even, the the GOP and the Republicans in these states, they couldn't bring the court cases fast enough to stop them. They did it on purpose. And if you cannot connect the dots and tie all of that together, you have not been paying attention. I'll be back. And now we pause for some shameless self-promotion. If you like the show and are curious as to how my mind works, then pick up my five-part fictional series today. In a nutshell, over the course of When Rome Stumbles, Hannibal is at the gates by the dawn's early light, colder weather, and a time for reckoning, I crash the big ag and financial industries, unleash some jihadists and an EMP, then we spend 20 years trying to evade a socialist dictator. All five parts are available in paperback and electronic formats. Parts 1 through 3 are in audio format, and parts 4 and 5 will be in audio format by the end of the year. Now back to the show. All right. I went and found myself a, <laughs> a glass of water. I got a little fired up there. Um, but actually, I, I, I just listened to that uh, commercial. And actually, I need to, uh, I need to re-record it. Because uh, part four, Colder Weather, is now available on audio. And uh, last week, I gave out an email address and said, Hey, I've got some promotional copies. Um promo codes, if you will, for, uh, for audiobooks. If, uh, if you like audiobooks, you're on the road, you like to listen to them while you're gardening, whatever. Um, I still have a few left, um, but I do want to give a shout out to Sergeant Psycho. I love that name when it came up. Sergeant Psycho and, uh, Steve, they reached out and said, Hey man, I'll take them. So they, uh, they went to this email address, and they just sent, they just dropped me a line. They said, hey, man, I'd love some promo codes. So go to djkpublishinghouse at gmail.com. It's all one word, djkpublishinghouse at gmail.com. And shoot me an email, drop me a line, and, um, and I'll give you some promo codes for the first four parts of the series. And I'll keep doing the giveaway until, uh, until I don't have any promo codes left. My only stipulation is that, love it or hate it, you need to go back. So these promo codes are good for the audible.com website. And uh, so go download Audible if you don't already have it onto your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever. Uh, wherever you listen to your audiobooks. And uh, when you're done listening, my one stipulation is all that I ask is that you leave feedback. Good, bad, or indifferent. Um, on, on the content of the books, uh, I think Audible actually has you rate the, uh, the narrator as well. So you can leave a review, say, oh, I loved it, five stars, love the narrator, narrator was okay, the book was okay, well, however you want to review it, that's my only stipulation. If you want promo codes, I got them, drop me a line at DJK Kirk, <laughs> I can't even get my own email address right. 
djkpublishinghouse at gmail.com. And, uh, and I will send you promo codes for free copies of parts one through four on Audible. It's that easy, folks. Well, I, uh, I got an alert from, from TD Ameritrade on my phone because I have their app. Because I like to keep track of stuff. Uh, from time to time, and and I and whenever the thought occurs to me, I'm usually not in front of a computer. So um, I got an alert that something had happened, and I went in and checked. And over the course of about uh, a week, a week maybe, my um, I don't even remember what the alert was for. I think it was I needed to vote something about uh, I needed to vote my shares or something like that. But anyway, uh, I went in and looked and. In the course of a week, I went up 250 bucks. I was like, dude, Biden sucks. Dave's winning. Woo -woo! Exactly. Because Biden is such a train wreck and his policies are such crap. I mean, Valerie Jarrett and Obama's policies. You can't even count Comrade Kamala because she's not even there. She's, I, she's a VP in spirit, I guess. I, I have no idea where she is. And when they're, oh, she just, oh, I hate her. I really do. And hate is such a strong term. But I really hate that woman. She's, she is an idiot. And the people Biden's putting up are, are beyond idiots, too. Oh, there was one thing I forgot, okay, before we get to money. Uh, the one thing I wanted to tell you about. <laughs> so Biden campaign, he was like, oh, we're going to forgive up to $10,000 in student debt. For every person in America who's got student debt, we'll forgive up to ten thousand dollars. <laughs> so they they somebody released part of his budget plan or whatever for the year for the next year. <laughs> Guess what's not in it? Uh oh, student loan forgiveness did not make the budget. So not only is he screwing the right, but he's screwing the left. He's an equal opportunity screwer. He's an idiot. But because he's such an idiot, I'm making money. I wagered on calamity and I'm winning. I love it. You should do it too. Because some of these things are still pretty cheap. You know, BP is currently 365 a share. BP Prudhoe Bay Royalty Trust Common Stock. Ticker symbol BPT. It's 365. That's not what I bought it at, but it's three dollars and sixty-five cents. You could go with, uh, oh, let's see, Chesapeake Granite Wash. That's forty cents a share. Not what I bought it at, but that's it's at forty cents. These are affordable stocks, and I mean, I'm I'm not dishing out stock advice. You can do this at your own pleasure, but you assume all the risks. I'm telling you to do nothing. I'm just pointing out things that I did. Uh, Marathon, Marathon's up to, uh, that's ticker symbol MRO, Marathon Oil Corporation Common Stock. That's up to 12 bucks a share. <laughs> I bought that. Ooh, it's gone up three times what I paid for it. So that's good. And uh, Smart Sand. Ticker symbol SND. I actually, you know, I was leery of this one. I was thinking I was going to unload it because uh, 
I really, I was, uh, I was questioning whether or not Biden was going to come after the, uh, the fracking industry, but uh, by the looks of this, it's gone up three times what I paid for it. It's up to two dollars and fifty-five cents um, from, and I paid about fifty cents for it. That's uh, an average, so yeah. Um, but it, it it's gone up, and I'm 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 tickled pink. I'm, everything's green. Everything's green except for Chesapeake Granite. I'm still in the whole six bucks on that one. Uh, Tazakos Energy Navigation, that's a European, it's a Greek flag shipping company that transports, transports oil out of Europe. I think I've told you this before. Europe is still shut down, so, but, but their stock's up. Um, well, it's up comparatively speaking, but I'm still 20 bucks in the hole. And uh, Credit Suisse, USOI, ticker symbol, um, it's, it, it fluctuates. It's just under 5 bucks a share, but the minute they open up um, Europe, uh, it's high. It's 52-week high before COVID was $22. Um, I bought it at eh, $4.75. It's up to 495, so I'm in the green. But if the the reason I pick these things is because when the economy crashed, when the Democrats in the United States shut down the planet, everything crashed. So I looked at where everything was before COVID. So I looked at 2019. Where were they trending? What were they doing? Were they holding steady? Were they were they in a decline? Were they in a an uptick? Um, and if if everything looked right and they weren't declining on their own over the course of the Trump presidency for the first three years, then I bought it if it was affordable. Because what I did was I looked at where they were versus where they are. And they were at rock freaking bottom, so that's why I bought them. And I figured as soon as these economies open up nationally, globally, uh, and in the states themselves, um, and they go back to where they were, then... All right, woohoo! For example, USO, before they did the 8 to 1 reverse buyback, because it was so low, um, once you adjust the numbers for the reverse buyback, in 2019, before COVID, their stock price per share was $106. According to the reverse buyback math, technically they're saying I, I, I spent. $26 a share, which I did not do, but I actually bought it at like two bucks a share, but with the reverse buyback and all the weird math that they do. Um, uh, so they said they were, so if it gets back to $106 a share, daddy's making money, baby. So I don't know. I thought I would check and share. Uh, so I'm up, let's see, 20, 2800 to, to, to I'm up $1,400. I got all my airfare, baby. Daddy's ready to travel. So we'll see what happens. Oh, by the way, my, today's my uh, youngest daughter's last day of her junior year in high school. Here's something that's annoying the crap out of me. <clears throat> my daughter, my oldest daughter, she is attending a very uh, <laughs> beyond liberal private college in uh, in the state, and she's playing lacrosse for them. But the kids themselves refer to them as refer to themselves as freshmen. 
as in freshman in high school, freshman in college, right? You wouldn't think the term freshman would be upset, be 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 offensive, but because it's got the word man in it, freshman, freshmen. This school is so woke, they don't call them freshmen. If you get any communication from the school, you know what they say. You know how they re- how they refer to them. They're all first years, as in your first year of college, your first year of high school. Because we don't want to assign gender to a term and invoke that on young women who might be offended by the term men or man. First years did really well at the College of Worcester. Total crap! I don't know why I shared that. I just It just popped in my head and it really just, it just pisses me off. So... Um, I did a little thinking, and I'm, I'm looking at my calendar, I'm looking at my project schedule, um, I'm, I'm looking and seeing uh, how and when I can record the podcast, and, and what I've been doing, I don't know if you can tell it, but I, I do a lot of starting and stopping, um, because like when I can't think of a word, hey, you know what, I just hit the space bar, and I pause it, and then I go, oh yeah, that's the word, and then I unpause it, and I go, and Valerie Jarrett! You know, I paused it. I went and looked it up. I, you know what the Google search I did was? Who was the woman Roseanne Barr offended with her tweet? <laughs> That's how I found the name Valerie Jarrett. It was that simple. So, <laughs> I'm looking at my project calendar. I'm looking at my family calendar. And, and, I, and I know that my youngest daughter's last day of her junior year in high school is today. Um, so it's difficult to record the show when other people are in the house because they all keep poking their head in the office like I'm crazy. What is dad doing in there? What's he talking? Who's he talking to? Is he on a call? I don't think he can say that on a call, can he? (laughs) So, um, what I'm going to try to do is keep going with what I'm doing. Um, and, and probably I'm going to go till mid June which will put me around uh, episode 18. And uh, I'll, I'll pause for two months for the summer, um, give you guys a break from me and my insanity, and, um, and then pick back up when, uh, when, the, when the wife and kids are back at school and uh, I think it's mid to late August. So probably that's my game plan for right now. So um, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, let's take one more break, and then we'll get to the uh, the topic of the week. And now we pause for some shameless self-promotion. So fiction isn't your bag, but you want to learn about preparedness planning and herbal remedies, or maybe you'd rather make food, not war, then pick up a copy of one of my three non-fiction books. Cook a delicious multi-course meal from one of the menus in just a small gathering. Get that medicinal garden going by planting some of your favorite ingredients and recipes found in home remedies, poultices, salves and tinctures and if you're curious about how to solve some of your prepping problems pick up a copy of preparing to prepare and see what i've done and what i recommend now back to the show so for uh for this week um oh uh just a reminder send an email to djkpublishinghouse.com or i can't believe i screwed that up again djkpublishinghouse at gmail.com 
Uh, if you're into audiobooks, shoot me an email, drop me a line, and I will send you promo codes for free copies of the audiobooks that you can download from uh, Audible. But um, today's topic, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about food because the last two weeks we talked about gardening. Um, but in in a world where rule of law is a problem. Societal breakdown usually leads to a rule of law problem, which is what the left is pushing for, by the way. They want anarchy, man. They want no cops. They, I mean, they've got a template in, in San Francisco already where you can shoplift up to $950 worth of goods and materials out of people's store, and they can't call the cops and they can't press charges. So that's the kind of craziness that the left thinks is a good idea, along with defund the police, and then, oh, look at that! When you defund the police and crime skyrockets, hey, maybe that wasn't such a smart idea. You think? Anyway, since we covered gardening topics for the last two weeks, because we're getting into, you know, in my in my cold-heartedness zone here in Ohio, um... Uh, typically, we can start planting in mid-May. That's usually after. That's usually a week or two after the last frost. Um, I normally take the Friday before Memorial Day off, and and I uh, I, I get the garden ready, and I bring you know I, I I bring my plants out over the course of the last two weeks. I bring them out daily, let them get hardened by sunlight instead of grow lights, um, so that they're ready to put in the ground Memorial Day weekend. But <clears throat> In a, in a moderate to major disruption scenario where you are without, conceivably you're without basic services for a month or more. Well, technically, uh, a minor disruption is a week or less. A moderate disruption is a week to a month. And a major disruption is a month plus. So, in theory... Um, you should have enough food on hand. And my recommendation is to have enough dry goods and uh, refrigerator slash freezer items on hand so that you and your family and your pets can endure at least two weeks. Because if most of your, most of your disruptions are going to be weather-related, truth be told. Okay, that could be a windstorm, it could be a hurricane, it could be a tornado, a blizzard. Uh, earthquake, wildfires, assuming that, you know, you didn't have to evacuate and, and the fire passed you by. Um, but, you know, the fire took down power lines and stuff like that. Um, you know, in theory, uh, you should be able to make it at least two weeks before uh, the resuming of services uh, makes it to your particular location. So that being said, some of the things that you can do, and this is... Uh, this goes to both a moderate and a major disruption. Um, what I what I like to do is, and you can do any of these things. Um, you don't have to be a homesteader or off grid, um, but you can you can get uh, food grade five gallon buckets, and then and go to your go to your uh, your wholesale stores like a Costco or a, or a, a Sam's Club or things like that. And you can go buy, um, you know, a, a, a bag, a 25-pound bag of flour or a 50-pound bag of long-grain rice, jasmine rice, 25-pound bags of, of 
Masuri rice, you know, basmati rice, whatever it is, um, beans, uh, whatever it is, sugars. But you can get these five-gallon buckets um, and, and just make sure that they're food grade and they are sterile. Um, and then you can use a, a dry ice method, uh, oxygen, oxygen absorbers or a vacuum sealer. Um, depending on how that bucket is configured, you can use one of those methods uh, to get all the oxygen out before you seal it up. And, and you literally, you could have a pallet in your basement that's got nine buckets per row and each one of the rows could be something different. You know, it could be beans, it could be rice, it could be flour, um, it could be sugar. Um, I would not repackage any of the oils that you want. Um, the ones that last the longest um, are, I, uh, what was it again? I think it's coconut oil, but it doesn't matter. Because in a, in a major disruption... <laughs> you're literally not going to be worried about um, oils because and they don't last they don't store very well so uh, what you actually need to do is you're actually going to be getting a lot of your oils your fats um, from the meat that you're able to harvest uh, and that would be wild game uh, for anybody taking notes but um, so what I did was I went to Sam's Club and I just took a little notepad with me. I wasn't there to buy anything. I just went through with a notepad and I just started writing down um, different things that I could put into a uh, into a five gallon uh, food grade bucket that and store long term. And so what I found was that I could get a twenty five pound bag of all-purpose flour for seven dollars and when you do the math and you break it all down that's two cents per ounce all right that's not bad um, when it came to rice uh, 50 pounds of jasmine rice was thirty two dollars that's four cents per ounce but a 50 pound bag of long grain rice was seventeen dollars and so that's two cents per ounce uh, sugar, I could get a 25 pound bag of sugar for $12. That's three cents per ounce. Okay, so that's the type, that's the type of math that you need to be doing. You need to figure out what your, your ROI, your return on investment is going to be, you know. So if you go buy these things and you're planning for, uh, any one of the three disruption durations, whether it's a minor, moderate, or major, um, or if you're just, you know, planning ahead because you live in an area that's got, you know, tornadoes or it's known for windstorms or blizzards or thunderstorms, uh, you know, heavy thunderstorms, hurricanes, whatever it is, earthquakes, um, you know, provided that your home is still livable um, and you don't lose all of your stuff, um, you know, you need to be thinking about this type of stuff. But one of the, and one of the things that I like to do is I like to supplement not only the stuff that I have at the ready to make it the two weeks, which is, you know, it's my pantry items, it's my freezer, it's my refrigerator, my chest freezer, whatever. I mean, I can find stuff that our family can eat. I got enough in all three of those places that um, our family will eat without having to get into 
my long-term supplies. But if we got to go beyond two weeks, what you really start to need, what you really need to start doing, is looking at the number of servings in addition to uh, cost, calories, and and the cost, calories, and servings are the three biggest ones. I add a fourth one, which is portability, which is why I like freeze-dried food, foods, because they're lighter. I don't want to have to fill a whole car with number 10 cans if i got to leave Dodge, okay? Because whatever I've got here is what I need to take with me, because I don't have my property yet. I don't have my little BOL location. Um, you know, if i got to get out of here, I'm going to to one of two places, uh, somebody is a friend of mine, friends of mine, and, and the three places. Um, so, actually, I can think of a half dozen places. <laughs> I don't know why I'm just shortchanging myself. But it really depends on what the situation is on the ground um, as to the, the, the manner in which I had to leave will determine what location I go to. That's the best, fairest way to put it. But... What I like to do is I like to supplement my storage with um, with with one month, one week, three months, six month, one year uh, packages. Either out of my my preferred vendor is uh, my Patriot Supply, but some people may find that they like Food Insurance or Mountain House, uh, Preparewise, Survival Supply, Valley Forge Storage, or um, or Wise Foods. Um, but one of the things that I did that I'm going to share with you today um, is what you need to be thinking about in terms of the math and what that means for how much food you need. If, you, if your goal is to have uh, uh, one year supply of food stored up so that you can make it through the growing season, uh, through the harvest season... And by harvest, I'm I'm not talking about just picking your fruits and vegetables from your garden or in the wild or whatever. What I'm talking about, when you harvest, you're also harvesting seeds. You're drying those seeds for the next season, okay? Or or you're drying those seeds and you're putting them into um, a greenhouse so that you can continue to grow. Maybe you transplant some of your your garden plants and you put them in the greenhouse. That that would be a wonderful solution to keeping fresh uh, vegetables year-round. But if you don't have that ability, what you need to be doing is, is doing the math, okay? So if you have a nuclear family of four, which is what I have, two adults, two kids, and then you throw in the family dog. <laughs> but if, if, if your goal is to have at least one month of food for each person, Okay, so you've got four people times three meals per day times 30 days. Okay, that equals 360 meals. And what you need to be doing is you need to be looking at your provider, whether that's uh, food insurance, Mountain House, My Patriot Supply, etc., and guarantee that what they're doing in terms of how they're billing their products is going to suffice for that math. So I know that for a month, I need a minimum of 360 meals, okay? It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 
2,000 calories a day or thereabouts, okay? Some of that is tough to find, but the reason I chose um, uh, My Patriot Supply was their prices were better than, say, Mountain House or, or Food Insurance, and their servings were more in line with the servings count was more in line with what I was looking for. So, for example, if I wanted one month supply of food for one person, okay, so that's four times three times, I'm sorry, it's one times three, which is three, times 30. So that's 90. So for each person, I need 90 servings, all right? If, if I get a one month supply of long-term food from my Patriot Supply, they provide 284 servings. I only need 90, but they're giving me 284. So now you got to pay attention to what they're actually putting in the, um, putting in the box, okay? Or the, or the, the, the tub. My Patriot Supply ships them out in these tubs. But, it's, and it's $300, okay? So you're talking $1,200 for a one-month supply of food for a family of four. Okay, so you gotta you got to budget accordingly. But for $300, I get 284 servings, and that's 2,000 calories a day. What you have to do now is go look and see, because, like, they'll put orange drink in there, and that counts as, as their servings. No, it doesn't. That's not food. That's a drink, okay? You're going to get calories from it, yes. All right? But in terms of filling your belly and replenishing lost energy due to work um, in order to sustain yourself, your family, your homestead, your off-grid location, your farm, you know, whatever it is, you need to replenish all of the nutrients that you expand, expended in you know, chopping that firewood or hauling that wood, or hauling that water, or, you know, whatever it was you were doing, hunting, um, gutting, whatever it was you were doing, that you expended energy, you need to replenish that energy. And yes, their drinks do count to go toward that, but, you know, you need to be looking at, you know, what they're putting in there. Well, to be fair, uh, my Patriot Supply, actually, they're, uh, Doing pretty well. They reduced the price to two forty-seven from two ninety-seven, which is what it was the last time I looked. But uh, when I'm talking about serving, so in the one-month supply, for example, and no, I'm not being paid by my Patriot Supply. That's just the provider that I like. Um, they give you twelve servings of mac and cheese, twelve servings of traveler stew, four servings of stroganoff, uh, twenty servings of a potato soup. Eight servings of broccoli soup, eight servings of bean soup, sixteen servings of creamy chicken rice, twenty-four servings of southwest rice, thirty servings of long grain white rice, eight servings of mashed potatoes, um, thirty servings of pancakes, thirty-two servings of oatmeal, eight servings of uh, creamy wheat. 20 servings of chocolate pudding, 16 servings of orange energy drink, and 8 servings of banana chips. So, 
Everything up until the point where I got to pudding, energy drink, and banana chips, those servings count. Okay? So when they say that it's going to be, um, uh, what did they say? 256 servings. All right. So I only need 90. They're saying 256. So that's good. They're well over. So even if I re reduce the 256 by the 40, eh, 40 plus 42, 43 servings, I'm still over 200 servings between the pancakes, the oatmeal, the creamy cream of wheat, the, the different rices, mashed potatoes, all those things. So that's good. Okay, that's the type of stuff that you've got to be looking for when you want to store long-term uh, food supplies for each of your family members. So each one of those tubs is 250 bucks. Okay, so now you're at $1,000 if you have a nuclear family. And I know you can think of a million other things that you'd rather spend 250 bucks on. But here's the deal, okay? So say you buy one of those. Well, and then calamity strikes and you're into a, a disruption. Well, it's better to have one of those than none of those, okay? So if you have to cut it and, and divvy it up between the four family members then that's what you got to do. But you should have a two-week supply on hand no matter what. You can use this for the other two weeks, or actually you probably only use it for the remainder of a, maybe a week, a uh, week and a half. But that could get you through a minor and or a moderate disruption because a moderate disruption, again, is a week to a month. So these are the types of things that you need to be looking for. Um, so that, that kind of brings our, our food and, and gardening topics uh, to a close. I mean, beyond that, you know, we'll start talking, or you, you, know, you can start getting into um, uh, various uh, rooms um, that you can build to store foods long term and, and preserving your foods for long terms and that, I mean so now you're going to start getting into uh, into root cellars you're going to start getting into uh, the building of smokehouses um, because you know salt is going to be a problem but at least if you smoke it and then shove it in your root cellar it'll last a lot longer than just fresh meat left out you know that'll spoil pretty quick um, you know and then, you know, well, okay, so you got a garden, you've got crops, you've got an orchard, you know, now you need to start talking about beekeeping, you know, see how it, it kind of snowballs, you know, you just think, oh, I just want to, I just want to have a little garden, you know, something that I can, I can use to supplement our, our, you know, our food during the summer and early fall, depending on what we plant, and then, uh, well, that, Hey, you know what? Maybe I should, maybe I, you know what? I could trap one of those rabbits in the backyard. Now you're getting into snares. And then, oh, you know what? I was out in the woods the other day. Oh, look, a deer. Oh, now you're start thinking about, I could go hunting. Well, look at all those ducks and geese that are migrating south. Well, that's easy. You know, now it just kind of spitballs. It snowballs. And, and, and one thing leads to another. And, and the minute you, you think you've solved one problem, or one issue, or or you've tackled a particular topic for the betterment of your your family's safety, um, that you know you think of something else. 
and oh, you know what? It would be great if I did this, and and what if I had stored that, and what if I had this skill or that skill, you know? Then so you gotta you gotta pace yourself. Uh, you've got a budget, and you need to think things through, but not to the point of paralysis. Okay, you still need to take care of your family, but you being uh, in your office or on your couch or, or, you know, whatever, staring off into space, coming up with new and inventive ways to solve assorted problems without actually doing any of them isn't going to help anybody. All right. So that's this week's show. And, uh, we'll talk again next week. Can't wait to see what Biden does next week because you know, it's going to be stupid. All right, guys, you guys have a good week. And we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. Happy Hunger Games. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Mm-hmm.